Good evening. It's the 28th of June. <clears throat> and uh, we, we did a recording today. But um, I still got to do my walk. Because... Survival! Got to have some discipline here. We still got to do our walk. And uh, when I do my walk, I got my thoughts. Look at these patio pavers. I have to come get them. Let me take a picture. Picture. Patio pavers. Let's go. And, um, I try to tell people about what I'm doing, and I can't explain it. Chicken Jar's like, well, what does this have to do? He's just using my own words against me. He's like, how does this relate to me? It's like, dude, it doesn't relate to you. It's just my research. So... I'll tell you guys, and do you listen or not? How's that sound? Is that a good deal? If you don't listen, you don't listen. But at least I'll remember me talking about it and get this out of my system. And I'm sorry that I have to do it like this. I really am. But I don't know what else to do. So, um, I got my program running today, where it, uh, finds letters in, um, it scans through different sizes, um, of the bitmaps, and it looks for letters in there, and it turns out that different um, modulo sizes or different folding sizes have better matches than others. Now that's the first um, unexpected consequence that there are folding sizes of the numbers of these large integer constants that have more or less folds. And um, then the next question is, do, this, do different numbers have the same distribution, or is the folding sizes unique to <clears throat> the digits? And I look through there, of course this has to do also with the colors, if I have a different color scheme, it'll also produce a different... It'll also produce a different, um... Character recognition. So that...
Because it also it also depends on that. But okay. We could also try this with different color schemes. And there's a huge amount of different color schemes we'd use. And also I tried it with different languages. I got Chinese to install. I installed all the languages. But the recognition took quite some time. But I want to try it with Chinese because Chinese has quite the complicated characters. <clears throat> and I feel that that might really do it. But as long as I apply the same scheme to all the numbers, it's going to give me some interesting information. <clears throat> now obviously the patterns that are being matched are not the same. Um, there's a million different ways to write the letter E, and E is a really common thing to be matched so that You know, it's a little loop with a little thing hanging off of it. So that's easy to recognize, and there's going to be a lot of training data for it. So that's the most recognized letter. And there's one E, two E's, three E's, etc. But there's also words being recognized. And, um,. So there's some different interesting things going on here. <clears throat> now the next thing that I wanted to look at is um, given page size, let's say eight by eight, and given the offset, which letters overlap with what larger pages? Because I have some pages that are 120, by 120, and which ones overlap with which, right? And um, <clears throat> you know, am I counting stuff duplicate? Like, what's the proper resolution to pick? So. Those are some different thoughts that I've had. And, um, what else do I got? Let's see.
Well, also, I want to, um, I see these larger shapes that you can see if you um, just apply some simple things like a Gaussian blur and then raising the contrast that produces these larger shapes which I want to take a look at because I see these larger structures showing up and the Gaussian blur is kind of interesting I just was playing around with GIMP and you can blur a couple pixels together and then apply the um, making it brighter and raising or making it darker and raising contrast or making it brighter and raising contrast They create these like branches or blobs. It's quite interesting. So, um, and then we could apply OCR on those as well. But uh, what I really want to get to. And what I've seen is um, I've seen these waves that go up and down and left and right. Like these waves. Did you ever see the magic eye? magic eye is like a hidden two-dimensional picture inside of an image and if you relax your eyes that's what you see and that's what makes these things so fascinating same same size when I just scroll through even when we page through and skip hey skip skip a few if we're paging through looking for these different OCR shapes even then I see the, the, the structures Yeah, but it's interesting to see that if I fold at 255, there's a lot more frames than if I fold at 254.
and um, that that would cause more clusters of the same number to fall together. I suppose this all does have something to do with compression. And one of the reasons why I think I want to do this is that no one has had the tools to do it before. Like, people haven't been visualizing these numbers before, as far as I know. Like actually looking at them, or constructing, you know, machine learning tools to look at them. So, that's why, um, I want to look at them. Because I don't think people have been. And I guess part of it's the gambler and part of it's the fisher. It's like, oh, if I just had some more money to play at the table, I could bet even higher. I'm definitely learning more in this effort, whatever it is that I'm learning. That's maintaining my interest. And the one thing I'm learning is to produce better programs that are more usable, more parameterizable. super long walk, but I'm doing a walk, you know? I'm going to do something today.
so what else we got? What else we got? Well, as I said, one small frame might be bundled up into a larger frame, like some kind of hierarchy. We're lost in the larger frame, but I think that the small frame should bundle up to a larger frame in some kind of tree structure. So if we see a tree that contains a whole bunch of smaller items, I guess we should even decrease the bitmap size and search around there. It's <clears throat> all this junk they're throwing away. glass bowls. So we have a small, like ideally we would see one small feature, the smallest feature, roll up into a larger feature. And um, the other thing is, is that I'm paging forward one page at a time. But what if I paged forward a half a page at a time? Maybe there's a feature that would be caught on the border. Maybe I have to scroll forward one, one at a time, or I need to take a larger bitmap split it up into pieces and analyze them individually until I can locate the smallest possible feature maybe we can pinpoint it And this kind of gets into like how to deal with machine learning and do it effectively. Like, could I put spaces or borders between things and make an array of them and try and recognize a whole bunch at once? Let's see. So this is kind of what I'm gonna get into next and analyzing the data and trying to make sense of it all. But it's like only nowadays do we have such enormous capacities for processing that we can do such searches so cheaply and also naively like 
If you study, if you're studying, and you're like got some research grant or something like that, you know, like who has the luxury to just study whatever they want? Right? Like even my friend, the mathematician, is like, well, why don't you study this Bitcoin stuff? He didn't even give me the time of day. You know? Didn't even say, well, you know, that's illogical. Or double check the results. He didn't care. So if you're not working on something sexy, we don't care. Not relevant to me. Like the questions of. How do I know it's true? It's like, I don't know if it's true. And how does it relate to me? It doesn't relate to me, so just discard it. You know? So, so, um, yeah, we're in a really nice position now. We can use machine learning on numbers. We can process things quickly on our laptops. We don't need super expensive supercomputers. I mean, things were different. I got gigabytes of disk, terabytes of disk to burn. I didn't have these resources before. It's like nobody had these resources before. Not really, not at this price point. So we're kind of at a new era of what we can play around with. And I could really take these things and rotate them. I could switch the colors around and process them again. I could take the bitmaps that didn't get matched and um, repaginate them, repage them, or look at the discarded ones and try them with different algorithms, different languages. <clears throat> but until we get Tesseract to really give us like some indication of where it found the um, where it found it like we have to have some kind of XY position of where that character is located I mean that's just insane that it doesn't give you any information at all <clears throat> like how is that even possible like you 
feed it the data in the neural network and it just spits out the characters, is that right? Doesn't it give you some kind of pagination information? So... Some kind of location? Because that would be key here. And understanding and visualizing it. But, um... If I take all the results and put them into a page with with a boundary, like an array, with a border, then I could apply the Tesseract to that image. And I could convert them to grayscale or black and white. Um, just take two colors, or two numbers, or three numbers, or add two numbers together and subtract one number, you know, there's different algorithms we could use for creating a black and white bitmap and uh, feeding that in. It's like everything above five we add together and everything below five we subtract, let's say. Right? To create a black and white image. And then if it's above zero, it's on, it's below zero, it's off. I mean, those are just some different transformations we could apply. And the next thing is, we don't have to scan so deep into the number because I think it's okay if we just scan like I was scanning 20,000 8x8 images. I don't need to go We can do less and then understand it better. So. Yeah, so we could start with just each digit individually and then different two pairs of two digits and this is kind of getting and they get into the uh, binomial theory or the um, the different the different um, it's going to get into the different um, Factorials, binomial theorem, like what are the different combinations of different digits? And I thought, well, maybe we could also just reduce it down to the bitmap. Just reduce it to binary. And, um, you know, if I have an 8 by 8 number, well, what's that in binary? And then I've got a bitmap right there. Right? Because in the end, it's all binary. The whole thing is binary. Eight by eight digits. You know. 64 by 64 bits. And they're either on or off, you know? 
There's no two ways about it. So maybe we could break that down into eight by eight bits. You know? Maybe we could, uh, reduce it further and just look at a bitmap, a black and white bitmap. And, uh, just take the first beginning of a file and, uh, Instead of looking at it on a byte-by-byte byte basis, a digit-by-digit digit basis, I would add those digits together to a large number and just look at the bit pattern of that. Right? So instead of six, instead of eight digits, you would take 64-bit integers. 64 bits worth of data. Or 8 bits. It's just a character. We have to see what we do. So these are some ideas. Well then I could just take uh, two bits, four bits, three bits, and continue increasing the bit sizes. That'd be another way to sample. So there's a couple of different ways we could do it. Once we do that, we could batch that together. You just add it in one bit at a time and then try to do a match. Or one one character or whatever. One row, one column. But in the same position. That's it for me today. 32 minutes. Talk to you later.